0: Hello Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Hey, can you hear me?: Yeah. Okay, great. Great. All right, well, um, good. This is um, we'll record this as a video as well, just in case um, there are a few people on the Internet who are having some challenges with uh, dating and meeting women. And, of course, the first thing to say is that, what is this bald, ancient internet geezer bastard doing talking about dating? Well, um, I have, I guess I could i could say some minor expertise in that area. <laughs> I sort of went out with dozens of women before I met the love of my life and uh, got very happily married, which I remain now for going into the sixth year. Uh, every year gets better. So, eh, a little bit. Uh, A little bit of expertise, and uh, hopefully something that will be of of use to you.
1: I believe it will be. uh, I mean, we're sort of in the same generational age bracket, so... um,
0: Right, which for most people on the internet is, I think, Paleozoic, is that right? Jurassic is probably (laughs) closer.
1: Not quite Jurassic, but close
0: right right okay well um so your status at the moment is that you're um what's your what's your approach at the moment
1: my approach to you mean to
0: uh, like meeting the ladies yeah
1: my approach is um yeah my approach um Yeah, I guess I don't have
0: one. Okay, well, that would be um, possibly the first place to start. Um, right. I have been um, uh, I have been somewhat critical of of internet dating in the past. Um, I tried it myself when I was uh, single, and I met some nice uh, people, some nice uh, women, although it's a very unbalanced kind of community. And certainly, uh, nobody was chasing me anywhere around the block. But I did meet some nice girls, went on a date or two. And, um, you know, had civil times, they weren't complete lunatics or anything, but um, uh, just not people that I would consider going forward with. But again, we're not sort of looking for, uh, let's aim straight at the altar, we're looking at, you know, let's aim at uh, being comfortable with the dating process, which is not the easiest or sometimes it feels like the most natural thing in the world. And it isn't. I mean, we are in a situation where uh, human beings as a whole and men in particular didn't develop dating skills because it really wasn't necessary in a tribal environment. I mean, I don't want to get all Diane Fossey on you, but I mean, clearly, uh, most uh, throughout most of human history, this was all arranged for us Uh, We would be given the choice of a couple of people in the tribe or in the village. And pretty much we would look forward to a couple of years of marriage and procreation before dying of tooth decay. So, (laughs) it really wasn't something that we had a lot of experience with developing this hunter-gatherer stuff in the realm of romance and dating. So, difficulties in this area, insecurities in this area… It's perfectly to me it's perfectly natural and, and perfectly healthy and actually serves quite a positive uh, quite quite a positive role and I think the first thing is of course as always becoming friends with your fear and recognizing that your fear is not actually trying to kill you or render you functionally sterile but because the um, uh, because particularly now uh, if you want to get married and have kids uh, or even if you just want to get married or even if you just want to get into a long term relationship the the danger of making a mistake in this area is very high. Because if you get married to the wrong woman, or if you have children with the wrong woman, I mean, it can seriously ruin your life, right? Again, I don't want to sort of make you paranoid, but just rather to say that your paranoia has foundation Uh, in reality. I don't know if you've ever known anyone who's gone through the process uh, of divorce and the acid mitosis and, and all that that goes along with that. But it's massively expensive. Uh, it rips your life in two. Uh, you get to uh, only have half your kids. And generally, what it does is it ranks, renders the man a kind of financial uh, and resource eunuch devoted to a broken up family that he's responsible for for the next 10 or 20 years, which usually renders him incapable of having another family. So, it is a massive catastrophe uh, to to have a divorce and, you know, maybe I'm not going to judge or say whether it's better or worse than having kids or not. I would say, of course, most people would say that it is. But compared to staying together and having a loving marriage, it is is—it uh, is a complete catastrophe. So, I think that paranoia in this area is entirely healthy, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I think that uh, actually just to sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, um, adjust what you were saying,
0: um...
1: I think it's a catastrophe either way.
0: You mean either a loving or happy marriage and <laughs> and no, no, no. getting divorced? No, no, no. Because that if, might not be the exact right mindset, so to speak. Sorry, go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, right. I, yeah. No, what I mean is, because um, uh, the whole point is marrying the wrong person, right? And so, you're
0: recording this, by the way. I, sorry, I just wanted to check. I'm trying a new kind of recording where the video is merged with the audio automatically, but just wanted to check
1: that you're recording.
0: Okay, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No problem. No problem at all. Um, But I mean, uh, if I just, I mean, if I look at my own parents' marriage, um, they never divorced, but um, the kind of life they led um
0: (laughs) Well, you'd, you you'd probably give up a limb. To, yeah, you you would probably have given up at least one limb, if not two, to avoid that kind of life, right?
1: <laughs> certainly, absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. And with my parents, it was the same way. I mean, it was a it was a completely disastrous marriage that ended before I certainly achieved any kind of conscious memory. So I was very, very young six six to twelve months, I think. And it was a complete disaster. And this, uh, this can—they um, never achieved happiness afterwards. And I'm not saying that's impossible or anything. But I just wanted to point out that you can come from a broken home, and still have um, a very happy marriage. This is all possible. Uh, it just requires a little bit of, you know, like you can come from a history of people with heart problems and still be a great athlete. You just have to be a little more careful, right?
1: Right, right. It just takes more
0: effort. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, as far as meeting uh, girls goes, I think that the internet is actually quite a positive thing in terms of simply being able to get to meet someone. Because when you're out of school, and if you're not in a work environment that is conducive to that, and I would imagine that a lot of people on the internet are not in those work environments. They're either in, you know, computer science or or, or physics or math or or engineering or some male-dominated field, which tends to be the case. Or they're in a, I don't know, like an arts program, which is female-dominated, but crazy-dominated on both genders. So, I think that the internet is a really good way to simply cut through the chaff and meet someone and avoid the cold call, right? And the cold call is, and I've only done it a couple of times in my life, but the cold call is, you meet, you, you see someone that you're interested in, and you go and talk to them. Whether, And I've done it, uh, I guess, on two particular occasions, I took this approach one was uh, in, uh, at a coffee shop, and the other was uh, when I was eating dinner at a Japanese restaurant alone. And a woman came in who seemed to have kind of a a sparkly kind of air to her, and uh, and little wings and a wand. Uh, it's my type, you know. We all have a type. <laughs> Get into that. Incredibles, kind of my. Well, anyway, but this is not about me and my freak. Um, so I went up, I went over, and and said something stupid like, "I'm eating alone. You're eating alone. How about if we eat alone together?" I'm not known for my pickup lines, so I just have to hope that they have a fetish for giant thumbs. So, um, so the cold call is is a really high hurdle. Um, the the cold approach is a really high hurdle to to uh, to try and get over. And oh, I guess I did it sometimes younger. When I was younger, sort of at a at a club, uh, asking girls to to dance or whatever, and then apologizing for my dancing. Um, oh, I think they got that from the accent. But um, so the cold the cold call is a really really challenging place to start, and the internet is a lot easier. Uh, to, to find that kind of situation to, to begin with. And and to me, I think that the first goal would be to simply get even on an email exchange or an IM exchange or, you know, maybe even, you know, a brief coffee uh, or something where you're like in the presence of somebody where there is romantic, uh, where there's a romantic atom in the room, if that makes sense. I mean, you don't want to layer it on and like, hi, <laughs> you know, want to procreate now or I can give you five minutes if you want to get to know me first. Um, <laughs> I mean that's okay if she's had a couple of cappuccinos, but usually that's the start before the caffeine kicks in. So it's just to get into a situation where there is romantic intent, if if that makes any sense. And, and it, that all sounds kind of sinister, you know. But but uh, it, it's it's very different from just chatting with a woman like on the free domain radio board or in the chat room or on I am to actually know that there is a romantic thought floating around in the interaction. That's I think the first place to to go to to get that kind of practice, because that is kind of unsettling, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, Another approach I was trying for a while was... I don't know if you've ever heard of uh,
0: meetup.com? No, I I don't. Is that like (laughs) hookup.com?
1: Well, it's like this website where you can form groups based on special interests like astronomy or atheism or you know whatever and uh, yeah. uh, um and, and they have some groups that are dedicated to s- singles right not so they're not specifically dating but um they're kind of geared toward that the single
0: right. groups and and you've gone on a couple of those is that right that was the hike you'd mentioned on the board
1: yeah yeah and and the problem i ran into there was um i guess uh because they're they're more regional in nature than than the, than the internet itself which is like anyone anywhere um, the, the the collection of people is is um, heavily colored by the, by the local, by the local culture, and here in the, um, the upper edges of the south, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's extremely, um, it's extremely difficult to find anybody who's, uh, more on the open-minded end of the spectrum, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, but of course, what you can do is start off with the let's spawn for Jesus approach. <laughs> and that, uh, that's going to catch people's interest for sure, one way or another. Right. Uh, and that, that is trouble. I also would say that if you're not particularly comfortable with the dating scenario and you're trying to ease into it, I would specifically avoid situations of competition.
1: Competition.
0: Well, when you go to one of these particular areas and there's a bunch of single men and there's a bunch of single women, you're in a competitive situation already, right oh
1: wow,
0: so I, I would specifically and yeah, I would specifically and like the plague avoid because uh you just you don't want to you don't want to be learning to swim at a swim meet right where there's where there's a lot of intense competition around
1: yeah, that hadn't even occurred to me, but you're right, that's exactly correct. Right.
0: So I would I would stay away from those, and that, of course, is one of the pluses of uh, the Internet, right? That you're obviously in competition with other people who are out there, but you never see them, you don't know about them. And if you flex your wit and charm, you can at least get into a one-on-one conversation, whether it's email or IM, right up front, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 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 that does.
0: So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's, I get, I don't know much about it. I tried, I guess... Lava Life was, was the place I think that I went to, and, and uh, I met a I met a girl. She was quite nice, um, six foot two, quite exciting. Um, so and I didn't even wear my heels. So but uh, and, and she was she was a very nice girl. I mean the only reason I ended up not going out with her uh, for a longer period I don't have any particular problem with the height thing, but um, it was just that she told me that she'd been in a relationship for a year and a half, and the guy simply moved away from the town and she had no idea why he moved and stopped returning her calls and that just seemed a little alarming to me to, to, to not have a clue and to have a guy just after a year and a half move away without telling you why or where he's going that just seems like not good judgment overall but again that's, that's just me there's lots of but, but I was still happy to be on the date and to go and to sort of and dates are fun whether they, they turn into a relationship or not dates, dates can be fun um, I know that may seem a little foreign right now, but dates can be an enjoyable situation as long as you view them not – I mean, there's a couple of things that I would approach with dates to try and – because the, the key thing is to lower the tension. It's the same thing with, with job interviews or any other situation where there's quasi-competition and high stakes, and in a sense, there's nothing with a higher stake than a date if, of course, it can it can go to to a relationship, and, of course, it is a competitive situation because – the goal is not to have just one job in your life, but the goal is to have one lifelong partner. So there's a lot of, I guess, hoops to go through to make sure that that works out well. So it is a highly competitive situation, uh, and it is uh, a high high risk situation. And if you, t- but if you approach it that way, it never works. If that makes any sense.
1: Well, right, because then every 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 movie you make becomes do or die, right.
0: Right. You, you, the self-consciousness is the opposite of intimacy, right? So, if if I'm interacting with someone with the idea of appearing a certain way, you know, it's like if you've ever met those uh, people who are really kind of paralyzed and, and, you know, they, they seem to be um, uh, like, like tiny people in their brains working these levers of, quote, normality, you know, like, don't be crazy, don't say anything that's, <laughs> you know, that you can almost see that scrolling across their eyeballs, right? You know, How would a human being interact in this situation? Humor, uh, 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 you know that kind of stuff, and uh, that kind of self consciousness is uh, uh, is only going to drive relaxed people away and attract exactly the wrong kind of people who are going to view your self consciousness as big levers that they can manipulate for their own nefarious purposes. So, self consciousness is is really tough, and the idea that we can become or pretend to be someone that someone else is going to find attractive is a great myth. You can't ever be someone that someone else is going to find attractive. You have to be yourself and see if they're going to – you know, like that's like lying up in, in a job interview, right, and, and saying, I can speak Spanish, and then being hired for a Spanish jo- – like a job where you have to speak Spanish, and if you can't speak Spanish – what was the point, right? I mean, you just got to go through this whole mess for no reason. So, you right. don't want to pretend to be something that you're not or to pretend to be something someone other than who you are because either the person's not going to like you for the fake act, which is really kind of pointless, right? Because they might have liked you if you were real or even worse, they are going to like you for the fake act, in which case you've only got another 50 years to keep pulling it off, right? Which is not, <laughs> you know, it's not going to work, right?
1: Yeah, that's definitely not... Um yeah, I'm definitely not at all interested in
0: that at all. Um, right, okay. Uh, so, but, but sorry, but that having been said, there are sort of layers or standards of appropriateness to a date, right? So, I mean, if if an old friend comes over, you might be in your gym shorts and a t-shirt with your feet up when they come in, but that's not how you would approach a date. I mean, so it's a combination of appropriate standards or levels of behavior combined with uh, sort of, um, this is who I am. But this is who I am with my best foot forward kind of thing. It's like a job interview.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that makes some sense. Um,
0: well, let me, let me try and put it again another way. If I am unhappy about something, I can go and complain about it to my wife. And uh, she can pretend to listen, right? So that's uh, that's the approach that you take after you've been in a relationship for for a while. So, uh, sorry, what I, mean, what I mean is that if uh, uh, if I have a problem, I can go talk about it with my wife. We can we can sort of hash it out and so on. But I would not bring that problem to a first date, even if it had just occurred. If that makes sense.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's a difference between being genuine and honest and being, um, like, uh, unnecessarily forthcoming.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's all around context and establishing credibility, because recognizing and understanding the first impression situation, If if I sit down with a date and start complaining about my job, then... She, th- she she's going to think that i think that's appropriate and that's going to put into question my judgment as a whole right. and uh because she doesn't have any context of my personality as a whole to recognize that maybe i only spend five percent of the time complaining and this happens to be that five percent is our first five dates but for the next 95 dates i won't complain but she won't know that and if i don't know that her perception of me is going to be based on the whatever context i bring to the the interactions then I kind of am missing out on some kind of empathy or some kind of understanding of appropriateness. So, and just want to say it's complicated in that you want to be authentic, but at the same time, you have to be sensitive to the impressions that you're creating based on the behavior that you exhibit early on in your dates.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So, I mean, and it's good that it's complicated, because if it wasn't complicated, you'd feel really stupid, right? <laughs> yeah. That's no, true. complicated is really good. Right? complicated is really, really good because you're a smart fellow. And if it was just, oh, well, you say this, and then you scratch your ear with the wrong hand, and and then you do the macarena, and and you've got a relationship, then you'd be like, oh man, I can't believe it! I went this long without taking that approach. Right? Yeah, it is, it I is complicated. That's right. All right. right, 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 right. Right,
1: exactly. No, and, and to add what you were to what you were saying, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of understand that. Like like um, for someone you first. Come in contact with you. Don't want to spend the entire evening complaining about everything that you hate, right?
0: Because right, right. I mean, you know, like a, if you're in a long-term relationship, the woman may say, "Oh my God, I am so bloated from PMS and my boobs are killing me," <laughs> and that is perfectly appropriate in a um, in a in a relationship. And of course, in a long-term relationship, men end up feeling the same way, <laughs> which is not pretty. But you, ne- you don't necessarily want to say, when, when, if you're a woman, you're going to meet a guy, you don't necessarily want to say, hi, uh, please excuse my appearance, I'm incredibly bloated and my boobs are killing me because of PMS, right? I mean, so the, this the, kind of relaxed- it does, but the kind of relaxed honesty that, that occurs later on in a relationship, you don't necessarily want to kind of let it all hang out at the very beginning because what you want to do is you want to build up credibility.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. So the- uh,
0: there was a uh, story recently. This is sort of just by the by, but I think it's an interesting, and I, I'll I'll drop this point after this because I know I know you've got it. But I was just reading about uh, this is um, kid just out of school, like 22, and uh, just out of college, went to go and work at this big company, and on her second week, sent a broadcast email to everyone in the company about exactly what was wrong with the company and how it should be fixed. Which produces, of course, enormous eye-rolling on the part of everyone else in the company, right? Because <laughs> right, that's just kind of like, oh, right, after after a week and a half at this company, you know how it all... So that's just a matter. And if, if she had worked at that company for 10 years and risen to a senior management position, then she would have earned the credibility to send that letter out. So it's just a matter. So and even works, if she'd been right after... Sorry, go ahead.
1: It works in reverse, too, right? Because now... um. In a sense, she has um, she has uh, uh, an excuse uh, to uh, hate her job, right? Uh, I, I sent an email out telling them how to fix their company, and they don't care,
0: right? Well, they just can't her, right? And and it would be hard not to in right. that situation because. Because obviously she's she's completely unaware that she's called every calling everyone else in the company retarded and or corrupt, right? Because it's like, well, if I figured it out in a week and a half and you guys have been here for ten years, then clearly I'm vastly superior to you in intelligence or integrity or whatever, right? Um, and and if she doesn't know how that's going to land, then she doesn't have any concept. Uh, of of empathy or you know she's kind of narcissistic or entitled or whatever right she because if she's right then sh- what she should most want to do is to build up credibility not just fire so it just shows sh- such poor judgment that i mean the company didn't want to keep her around and she didn't even make it through probation which i can sort of understand how are you going to put that person in front of a customer or how are they ever going to manage people if they don't understand how they land on the other side of the email or the table also so it's just something to to think about, that we want to be sensitive to how it is that we're coming across in a date, but we don't want to be manipulative or fake. And that is, that is a challenging balance, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: Particularly for libertarians, uh, anarchists, uh, philosophers, yeah, uh, defu fanatics, you know, it's that, complicated even more.
1: That's, yeah, that's exactly the problem, right? I, you don't want to be unnecessarily forthcoming, but then... What exactly does that mean, right? Do do you wait to spring the, uh, um, <laughs> you know, and if you're waiting to spring this stuff on people, then what is it really? What are you saying about what you think of it, right? I mean, it,
0: right, right. It's, well, like, there's why nothing are you wrong hiding with
1: hiding this from me, right?
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with deferring conversations. Um, so, for instance, uh, if uh, if I was on a date. Um, and uh, it was the very first date, and some of the girls said, "Tell me a little bit about your family." I would say, "Well, things with my family are complicated, if that makes any sense, and I have no problem talking about it. But I'd like to get to know you a little bit better first, if that's all right with you." I mean, it's nothing weird or scary. It's you know, it's just complicated, uh, like a lot of people's family situations. So, um, so uh, you know, tell me a little bit about yours if you like, or we can talk about. It. There's nothing wrong with saying. This is not a good situation to talk about right up front, and if you know if the girl says, "What are your political beliefs?" then you can say uh, something like, "This is a little well, my political no, my my political beliefs are a little off the mainstream. They're not weird, uh, and actually they're kind of um, they're kind of classical in a way. They're just not particularly modern." But, um, uh, but you know, we can get into that uh, another time. I don't want to uh, bring, you know, bring up my political beliefs, which will take us in a whole, whole different direction. But let's just say that I support freedom and equal rights for all. And, uh, but I take an approach that's a little bit out of the mainstream, which is fine. But tell me a little bit about, you know, Hamana Hamana. I mean, you can bring these things up in a way that is appropriate and shows that you're not mad. Because, of course, being able to not talk about something is very important, because a lot of people will complain, if they're in libertarian or anarchist circles, that every time they talk to anyone, it turns into a diatribe against the state. And that's not good, right? Because what that indicates to people is that you have become a specialized and windbaggy know-it-all in order to avoid actually talking to people and listening to them.
1: Right, right. I'm totally with you there. I've met plenty of those libertarians myself.
0: Right. You know, the people who, you know, like on a first date, they're talking about the mainstream media shutout of the Internet Constitution, Jesus, Ron Paul. And, you know, even if they're right, they're not right in saying it up front you might be right that space aliens are trying to steal your sperm and that's why you wear tinfoil pants but you probably want to establish a little credibility first so that you can put it in context i mean when christine and my wife asked me about my uh, family um it was only on our third uh, or fourth date and I, I was up front you know i said that there's significant problems with mental health uh, in my family and uh, i've you know i've gone through therapy uh, for years Uh, I have uh, worked through a lot of issues. I've been very upfront with them about my needs, but I was not able to have my needs met within my family, so I'm on a sort of uh, semi-permanent sabbatical from the family so that I can make sure that I bring better people into my life. And, you know, it's something that I worked very hard to make work. I'm very sad about it, but that's where things stand. And that is something that people, I think, can respect and understand because – A lot of it has to do with how you feel about stuff, right? So, if I was really ashamed of not seeing my family of origin, then I would be kind of odd and evasive about it, or I'd I'd be unable to just confront it, uh, as a or I'd be weirdly aggressive about it, or defensive, or whatever. I'd go into long explanations, which would justify uh, why it is that I I broke with them, and all of that would be kind of off-putting for the other person, if that makes sense.
1: She waited until the... Third or fourth date to ask you
0: about your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I think it was the. Yeah, I think it was the third date. Um, although the first date, we just we just sat in a restaurant and chatted after a, a we met. We met at a volleyball game, as you know, or we playing volleyball. We just sat in a restaurant. It wasn't really a date. Then we had another date with some friends, and then on the third date, she asked me about um, about uh, my family.
1: I see. Okay, so it was just
0: circumstantial that it worked out that way. Yeah, we just – our second date was with some friends, so um, – but, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, – but, I mean, if if she'd asked me earlier, then it would have it, – it all has to do with, your, with my comfort level with this kind of stuff, right? If I feel like I need to justify it to someone, they're going to immediately get that it's not justified, <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that.
0: And um, – uh, so so as far as that stuff goes, as far as bringing that stuff up goes, you know, for you it's a challenge. People say, what do you do? It's like, well, I'm into philosophy and I'm eating my own toenails until I can find a way to make it all work together. Um, well, you know, that is uh, the important thing is to talk about the joy, not the challenges. You know, what, what are your hobbies or what are you interested in? Ah, I love philosophy. I love the exploration of truth and, and virtue and uh, bringing the challenges of honesty to relationships. Uh, for instance, did you know that your eyebrows are uneven? You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> you can just bring that kind of joyful truth-telling <laughs> to your relationships. Um, one of my nuts is bigger than the other. Uh, anyway, uh, so you can um, uh, you you can talk about that which gives you joy. Uh, and um, I- if people get that it gives you joy, then there'll be a lot more latitude for what it is that gives you joy, if that makes sense.
1: Um...
0: That's not clear, right?
1: That last, yeah, that last part of that. Okay, well, a lot more latitude, one of the... W- what did that mean?
0: <laughs> one of the consequences of a love of truth is a recognition that most of the world runs on lies, right? Yeah. And, you know, pious, hypocritical, moral, and sometimes quite enraging falsehoods propaganda and so on. And so you can either talk about the cause of some of your hostility to the world, which is your love of the truth, or you can say, the world pisses me off.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I got that part, but
0: uh, then the business about
1: giving you more latitude. Well,
0: I, I it's it's all about. I mean, to me, it's about the cause the cause and effect. So if if you say. I hate the world because I love the truth or I hate the world comes up first, then people will assume, just unconsciously or consciously, that your hatred of the world is the first cause and your intellectual defense is the, quote, pursuit of truth. Right. Whereas if you talk about your love of truth and then as a, as a um, unfortunate consequence comes problems with... Uh, certain aspects of the world you live in, then people will see that as more of a consequence and not as a as a defense, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah I think I see what you're saying.
0: You know, like if I say, well, I wanted to become a surgeon because I like to, ha- I like to heal people and I don't particularly like the cutting open part, <laughs> then that's one thing. But if you say, I really like to cut people open... So, I figured the best way to do that and not end up in jail was to become a surgeon. I mean, those are two kind of different causes and effects, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty scary.
0: Right. So, uh, a lot of libertarians will start off talking about the, the the problems with the world, the negatives of the state, the war, the deficit, the welfare state, the Fed, the this, the that, and it just sounds like a massive bitchy slagfest against the planet and reality as a whole, and then tucked away back in there is well yeah, it'd be nice to be free and I don't like violence (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff whereas if you talk about that which you love and gives you passion first, it's much more vulnerable it's much more vulnerable to talk about that which gives you joy than it is to complain about things, which is what most people do because they don't want to experience the vulnerability of putting out that which you love uh, into the world, right?
1: Yeah, that makes makes good sense I mean, it works with works for you, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier than the alternative, if that makes sense. So, as far as more practical things go, uh, and this is going to sound desperately terrible, and, but this was an approach that, that I took. Aim low. And this is, um, this is the approach that I took, and it, it did actually have me meet some people who were more in line with the way that I think and, and work with the world. So one of the problems with uh, with online dating is that there are pictures, there are weight, height descriptions, and so on. And as a philosopher, certainly, well, <laughs> I wasn't particularly philosophical when I first started internet dating. So you just you you angle in for the 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 hottest, hottest uh, things that you can find, hot, hottest women that you can find, and then you attempt to woo them with your wit and intelligence, if not your looks. And that uh, obviously didn't work right um so what I then began moving towards were uh, I I focused less on appearance and more on things like education and and career if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah and uh uh, frankly um I mean I'm already pretty um I'm kind of on the same (laughs) wavelength with you as far as that goes um in the, uh, especially in like the internet arena, um, the folks who are up there are, are kind of banking on their photo, right?
0: Right. And there, as you you and I well know, uh, because we run, or we, we're involved in a philosophical site for conversation at Freedom in Radio where we don't often see pictures of people, that there are lots of fantastic people out there uh, who don't look like the Pits or the Jolies or whatever, right?
1: Right. That's exactly right.
0: And as I've argued with some contention or with some controversy before, the people who have had to work harder to be who they are tend to have a little bit more depth and a little bit more resilience than other people. Like people who inherit money don't tend to be very good business people, but people who've made a lot of money do, right?
1: Right. Yeah, and I'm 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 totally on board with that.
0: Right, and and looks is just like inheriting a lot of money. I mean, it's it's a lot easier. Uh, people will always be bringing you goodies and so on. And this is particularly the case, uh, even more so with women than with with men. So it right. is. It's
1: it's not an absolute rule, but at the same time, um, that doesn't make it an uh, um, an excuse to uh, avoid the, uh, the just the. The bald fact that um, most um, most highly attractive people are uh, heavily invested in the fact that they're highly attractive,
0: right? And therefore, right, and it not- makes in a sense it makes perfect sense for them to to, to be that way, uh, but it doesn't tend to be something that uh, is productive in terms of a long term. Relationship. I mean, somebody's looks uh, aren't going to help you squat when someone has to get up for 2 a.m. feeding with a baby, right?
1: Right, right. That's exactly right.
0: So, uh, as far as uh, uh, AIM low goes, it doesn't mean avoid people who are conventionally attractive. But what it does mean is, is to put your search um, – uh, again, I, would, I started with search like no photo, high education. And the great thing about the Internet is that if you don't worry about the photo thing, although it, obviously age does matter if you want a family, um, but you can get to know somebody without the distraction of the physical. And as I've said before, I mean, um, my wife was not – my wife and I weren't attracted to each other when we first met. But, I mean, now I think she's the sexiest, most gorgeous woman on the planet. Um, so, that that kind of stuff is, is just – People always say, "Well, what about the chemistry? You got to have the sizzle. You got to have the jazz hands, the zazz." But uh, that's not true. <laughs> right? That's not true, and I, I think that that is a distraction for uh, the kind of cheap attachment of lust, as opposed to the mature attachment of uh, intellectual and moral compatibility. I, I I think I agree with that. So, uh, so uh, it, it it really the mission is to 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 get a taste and the way to, to get a date is to look for people who would be outside the norm in terms of physical attractiveness, or at least who are unknown, right? Because it could also be that somebody who, has, uh, who is very good-looking may in fact put no photo up for obvious reasons, right? If they have some wisdom and maturity that they don't want to be flocked for their silhouette, right? Right. Or swarmed. So, um, I would go, you know, no photos, reasonable le- level of education, look for interests that are compatible, and you know, just just keep sending messages, and you know, hi, and and introduce yourself, and so on, and um, just just see what comes back.
1: Yeah. Um, in order to do that, you have to actually subscribe to these places. So.
0: Yes, I'm sorry. What what's the barrier there? I don't know, but with Lava if it was dirt cheap, right? You could, 20 bucks, you could send five messages or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's true. I guess that's not.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to sign up for 2,500 bucks a year or something, but I would go with one that uh, is going to have, um, uh, it's going to allow you to, to, to be charged on a per-message basis or whatever, if that makes sense. Oh, right,
1: right, right. Yeah, pretty much all of them now are um, monthly subscription fees.
0: Right, so you can give it a shot because you, and you can do some research. There obviously, is, as has been mentioned on the board, there are different kinds of sites. There are sites for, you know, hookups with people who like hamsters and duct tape versus people who want more long term relationships versus people who want affairs from their, within their existing relationships and so on. So, of course, you want to aim towards those where, uh, long term longer term relationships are are possible, and recognize too that you're in a highly prized demographic. you know I know it can it may not feel that way sometimes, but because when when men are young uh, we, we are not in a highly prized demographic unless we are um, you know one of the the uh, hottie guys but um, now that you're just a uh, forty or so uh, and you have no second you don't have no first marriage you have no uh kids to support you have uh, a good history of career success uh you're actually in a pretty priced demographic i know that that also became the case for me when i got into my mid to late 30s i had some professional success and i didn't have the baggage of um existing financial and familial relations based on an earlier marriage and i didn't also have that kind of I don't know, slump-shouldered stare at the sidewalks, mumble imprecations about your ex, bitterness that seems to infect a lot of uh, people who've gone through a divorce. So uh, I actually became more and more prized as my 30s went along, which was odd (laughs) to say the least. But um, but because you have um, a a professional success as well as no baggage, uh, that is a pretty significant thing for women in their sort of early to mid-30s who are looking to settle down relatively rapidly and have kids because their expiry date is is creeping up. (laughs) They are actually looking for that kind of stuff because a lot of guys who've got, who are in their sort of late-30s, if they've had a busted-up marriage, they've got kids who are pretty young, right, under 10 usually, uh, and so they've got another 10 years of massive financial and familial obligations. And... Aren't really that available for a woman who wants to settle down and have kids, right? So you're in a pretty prized demographic as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. Um, and actually, that that um, brought up another question that was kind of bothering me too. But um.
0: I'm sorry, just just to mention that you can wear the t- the T-shirt and says "Will fertilize for food." That <laughs> that can get the message across relatively efficiently, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But but
1: uh, that was another question I had, too, was uh, around um, uh, the age gap. Um, because well,
0: what are the laws in your state? Sorry, just kidding. Go on. <laughs> right.
1: Well, this is the South stuff, so...
0: Strangers have the best candy. Right, go on. <laughs> well, you have, a, you have a practical age gap which you're going to have to work with, which is that... You, uh, you probably don't want a woman who is in her late 30s, if you want a family. Again, this is, I mean, this is just the brutal biological reality, right, which is that, let's say you meet a woman who's 38, and you want to date for a year or two and then get married, and you don't necessarily want to start having kids immediately, because you kind of want to work out some of the marriage stuff, because I would certainly suggest not living together before you get married, that tends to not work out very well, but... Um, uh, so the, you know, once you start to get into the late thirties, you're looking at challenging, uh, procreation situations, right? Fertility declines, uh, the possibility of birth defects increases, and so on. And that's just an additional stressor. And you have that kind of, you know, big ticking clock coming down on you, which, which tends to influence a lot of decisions that you'll make. So, um, I would certainly look for, for mid thirties. And I think at that, you know, in that way, uh, you probably are not looking at too much of a, uh, experience gap. Uh, in that way in that sense
1: well yeah, in my own case, that's probably true but um, um i i guess i i just i um just from the the um, ex, uh experiences of some others i've i've met um the um
0: sorry to be annoying but if you could cut back on the gaps a bit the video is really hard to edit audio's easier but um <laughs> spit it out man <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, yeah, I'll just I'll just say it straight up. You know, um the 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 Yeah, you know, the whole the whole problem of of going
0: for younger women because
1: they're more um, m- manipulable, right?
0: Right. I, I don't think that you're particularly manipulative in any way, though. So I don't think that would be a particular issue. I mean, I, I think that the basic reality is that if you were to go out with a 25 year old, no matter how intelligent and wise she was innately, 15 years is just a, you know, that's quite a that's quite a bit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's I a mean, huge if you are uh, in terms of uh, in terms of interests and and um
0: Experience. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the perspective that you get as you get older, I mean, the wisdom that you gain as you get older is the compensation for all of the uh, joint pain and forgetfulness. But um, <laughs> the, um, uh, the reality is that you just, I mean, you imagine a, a sort of full tenured professor trying to have an intelligent discussion about physics with somebody in high school, right? It's just not going to, uh, it's just not going to, it, there's always going to be a misalignment uh, in terms of uh, authority and experience, so, again, maybe it can work I'm certainly, you know, it, 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 coming up with any hard and fast rules in relationships is a, is a very perilous game to, uh, in any way, shape, or form, but I think that it's pretty hard to make the case that that's going to work out well, easily, if that makes sense. Because there, there is just, whether you like it or not, you know, when you start to get over 10 or 15 years, there just becomes an authority situation that's hard to, to escape.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I was um, driving at. Was um, um, you know, g- given that, that there's kind of a there's kind of a um, an ideal uh, age range, then I
0: would think. Right. Well, I, I don't know about ideal, but I think there's non-ideal. I mean, ideal is a tough because that indicates that there's a point or a singularity. Oh. You okay. know, like I'm looking for a woman who's exactly. 243 days younger than I. Right. I mean, th- there's no ideal, but there is definitely a situation of declining um, positivity, if that makes sense.
1: Right, right, right. Kind of a vanishing point.
0: Yeah, and again, I mean, uh, I, uh, you cast your net wide and, and see who's compatible, because it's not like everyone you go out on a date with, you're going to end up marrying, right? So, unless you're a Mormon, that could happen, but um, but then you don't date. <laughs> so, so then the, the question is, we can spend the last few minutes just on you know the the significant problem of small talk right when you first start to to uh, when you first meet someone
1: right right
0: well my situation in this in this is is, is is small talk is highly overrated in life you know there are times where small talk can be can be helpful uh, and can be useful, um, you know, when you're sitting down to a business meeting, you're meeting people for the first time, commenting a little bit about your flight, and, you know, if you have a little funny story, that's fine. But for the most part, uh, small talk is highly overrated uh, as as a goal. Now, people always say, well, you know, I'm no good at small talk, how do I make small talk, and so on. It's it's a good skill to have, because, uh, you know, it's just good to have more options in your social repertoire. But I would not particularly start with uh, a lot of small talk. And people waste a lot of time on dates. I mean, people will walk away from a first date knowing virtually nothing about the person they've been talking to that is sort of factual or biographical or whatever. And uh, certainly on uh, our second date, Christina turned to me and said, look, I'm interested in settling down and having a family. This doesn't mean it has to be immediate. But if that's not your goal, I kind of like to know up front so I can make a, a, a reasonable decision, right? Right and that's pretty much the furthest thing from small talk but that was very very helpful um in terms of clarifying what she wanted now if she'd avoided that subject we could have been going out for months and then she could have found out that i just don't ever want to get married and have kids and then she's flushed away a couple of more months of her life um on something that doesn't get her what she wants right
1: right right that makes perfect sense
0: so, you know, if somebody says, what's your goal in a relationship, say, well, I want to get married and settle down and have kids, right? I mean, or, what, you know, whatever your goal is, just say, oh, no, go to <laughs> go to t- Tibet and join a monastery and, uh, you know, have a flesh pile of monkey robes things. So, I mean, whatever it is that, that your goal is, I think it's it's important to be upfront about that. And people say, well, you know, what are your values? Or if, if that comes up, I think that's important to say that, uh, you know, uh, truth and honesty and, and integrity and, you know, the truth at all costs, even though it can be difficult to me. That's my, my thing. Uh, has been for some time. And it's, you know, really working out well for me and so on. So, I think that it's okay to ask people about their families? You know, what happened with your relationships? You know, I mean, have you been in relationships before? And if, if not, what, uh, what do you think were the primary reasons they didn't work? I think those are all perfectly fair and reasonable questions. I mean, when you go for a job interview, they don't just make small talk. They actually want to, I mean, they may make a little bit of small talk to find out if you can do it, but they actually want to find out your credentials for the position. And I think that is a perfectly reasonable approach to take with, uh, with dating.
1: Right, but it all doesn't happen at once. What do you mean? Well, like you said, it can could, it could happen over the span of
0: several dates. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily. So, for instance, um, because you only have to ask one or two core questions in order to find out if there will be more dates. Right. Right, so if you say to somebody, uh, what has your history been of prior relationships? And they say, well, I, uh, I was married four times and my husbands all died, died mysteriously from the same poison. That may be a situation where a second date might be, unless you're a total thrill seeker, not top of your list. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, sorry, to be more serious, if they say, well, you know, I, uh, 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 I live with my aging and horribly abusive mother because I believe that Christ tells you to love your enemies. Then, you know, that might be a situation where uh, you say, "Ah, oh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to the washroom at home. Right. <laughs> and uh, you, so, so you can ask those kinds of questions. And depending on the responses you get, it goes on or it doesn't. Right. I mean, if I go for a job as an engineer and they say, are you an engineer? And I say, no, I don't get to the second interview. Right. 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 That's absolutely correct. And, and so, But it's not like you have to keep piling on those questions, right? Because you can have a civilized end to a, a – a, um, I remember a woman uh, – sorry to be coarse, but I remember a woman – actually, I won't, I'll drop the coarse part. but I remember going on a date with a woman. We went We went skating, and then we went to, to have something to eat, and uh, she was telling me about her ex-husband who was a heavy pot smoker who set up Dungeons & Dragons games downstairs, which he played with his – deadbeat friends week after week and she couldn't even go down there was so much pot and pot smoke and so on right and you know so i asked why did that relation i didn't ask why that relationship ended i asked why that relationship even began i mean didn't you notice this aspect of his personality for want of a better word before you got married and she's like oh no there was like no evidence whatsoever it just mysteriously appeared after we got married and it's like okay well people say that a lot well, they do, and, and what they, of course, they know it's not true. But what they're actually telling you is, I don't take any responsibility for my own decisions, and you just don't want to give your heart to someone like that, right? Right, right, because you have. But we, you can, but we finished. Sorry, but we finished out the day. Didn't I just asked her other stuff, and you know, we we finished out the day. It's not like you know, even if you know it's not going to work out, it's still okay to have a, a chat with somebody who's got a different perspective, even if you never want to see them again. Right. But I wasn't going to sit there and say, "Well, you know you really should take more responsibility for your decisions you chose this guy we know everything about people very early on blah 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 because then I would actually be contradicting myself because I know a lot about her very early on, which was that she wasn't going to take responsibility for her actions, so why would I lecture her about it right
1: right 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 that's that's true so the the uh, the other the other thing that was sort of uh, concerning me um, was how to approach the question of um... just the fact that uh... i actually I mean, when this inevitably will come up uh, you know <laughs> just the the fact that i've um, never done this before Right.
0: oh yeah i would just say i've been in prison since i was a teenager <laughs> So, I'm good at duct-taping my ass and meeting new friends. But, uh, well, I would say that, um, I mean, there's just no way to to avoid being upfront with it. Just say, well, for many, many years, I just didn't, you know, I didn't have any interest in dating. I just, like, it. I saw relationships that weren't working. I saw my own parents' marriage that that wasn't working. Uh, But now I'm in this cult which commands me to breed. So, (laughs) your shoelace is untied if you'd just like to bend over and no but i I would just say i mean the honest the honest fact as far as i understand it with you is that you just i mean it looks like fun but why would you do it right i mean um climbing everest i'm sure has fun elements but that doesn't mean you want to go and do it right so you just didn't see i mean the, the 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 net positive versus the net negative was so unbalanced that Although there may be fun aspects in a romantic relationship, it just was not something that you were willing to or, or, or wanted to explore, right? I mean, you went through periods of pretty dark depression, you had some nihilism, you you were cynical uh, about the world, and that, through philosophy, that started to turn around for you to the point where you feel that you can approach a relationship and actually have some effect on it being a good thing, right? Yeah, 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 that's true. And so, I mean, that's what I would say. I wouldn't necessarily go into the depression and the cynicism, but... Um, I just say well look I mean I saw a whole bunch of pe- relationships not work I saw a whole bunch of relationships kind of ruin people's lives and I didn't really see a counter evidence and that obviously had something to do with the crowd that I was in and so on but you know it's a really risky proposition and a lot of people seem to get into it without looking at the cost benefits and I'm just so comp- I'm so constituted that cost benefits are kind of inescapable to me and I just couldn't find a way To believe in the cost-benefit of of, of relationships, but I've changed my mind about that now, and I think that I think that it is. I know that it is something that I want to pursue, but I just didn't. uh, I just didn't ever think that it could be worth the risk before.
1: Right, right, and that the Everest, that Everest metaphor is a perfect example because (laughs) you know uh, how many hundreds of people go over there every year and do that and end up. Dead on the side of the mountain, all because. Well, they- I don't think
0: it's hundreds, but uh, yeah, I mean, getting to the top of Everest is great, but yeah, there's a lot of frozen, deoxygenated bodies along the way. So right. you know, and it's a lot of time and expense, and 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 you got to train yourself up. And I like all my toes, and and yeah. So I mean, but now that there's um, now that there's a catapult <laughs> to the top of Everest, <laughs> strap me in, baby. I'm going. I'm going up. Right. 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 And then what you do is you bring out your designs for the catapult at the base camp that's going to again say, this is how I'm going to make all the money for our children. (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Right. Right. What is it? A trebuchet? What's that big, big honking um, medieval catapult that they used to put the flaming brands over uh, the uh, cities at in, in uh, Lord of the Rings. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so, I mean, you can use those metaphors, but I think that's just the reality. It's not like, you know, it's not like you hate women or anything. It's just that it just didn't seem worth it uh, given the level of risk and the universal disastrous of the relationships that you saw. But now you've seen better relationships and you feel that you have a strong understanding of how to... Um, and, and you have spent a lot of time working on yourself over the past few years, right? You've gone to therapy. You've spent a lot of time in this conversation. You've read real-time relationships. I mean, you have a lot better... Tools and approaches to, to have an effect on, on a relationship to make it great for both parties.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's actually another thing that weirds people out, too. Um, you tell them that you're in therapy and they're like, whoa, wait, what?
0: <laughs> you know? uh, well, but that's what you don't, I mean, you don't want somebody who's like that. Because that means that they're averse to introspection and you do you do not want to have a marriage with somebody who's averse to introspection it will absolutely not work
1: right no because all they'll
0: do is project everything all the problems that arise they'll just project onto other people and it will be an incredibly frustrating and and uh, exhausting experience
1: that's yeah i i totally get that that uh, well that's exactly what my parents were like <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I'm a th- therapy. I mean, my mom was the same way. I, I'm so, psycho babble, and you know, they they just wanna they just wanna take your money and 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 give you bad advice. It's all that kind of stuff, and it's like, okay, well,
1: right. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need
0: that. Don't right, need right. That. The idea that we go to therapy because we're broken. The same way we, but we would never say that an athlete gets a coach because he's in a wheelchair.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. It's just a tool for uh, helping you get what you want,
0: not a... Oh, it's not a crutch, by God. I mean, therapy is the last thing that is a crutch. I mean, it's what actually knocks the crutches away. So, it's the complete opposite of a crutch. Projection is a crutch. Uh, Compulsive dating, drinking uh, is a crutch. Compulsive sexuality, drug use is a crutch. Uh, Materialism is a crutch. Patriotism is a crutch. Therapy is not. But of course, people—a lot of people—don't understand that. So.
1: Right. Right. So, so then, just any anyone who would balk at that is um, well. But then, you know, they balk at they 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 balk at everything
0: else too, right?
1: The, the atheism, the anarchism, the.
0: Well, they balk at thought. I mean, they, they, they won't balk so much, they may balk at the conclusions, but what they're really balking at is thought itself, because it will be the thought is threatening to the false self, right? which is all about manipulation. So yeah, they're balking at at thought, which means they're balking at human identity, which means that they're balking at intimacy and the possibility of love and attachment, which means, you know, check police, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. and And that's a good question too. I mean, would you ever not finish a date?
0: Um, I, I would try to make sure, or at least I did try to make sure that the compatibility was such that the date would never be torture, right? So, because you get a chance to talk to people before you decide to meet them for a coffee or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to, actually, I should say, I won't, well, the, my very first one, I met a girl for coffee who spent about 20 minutes talking about how she was still trying to pay off the debt from the credit card pills that her ex-boyfriend ran up. Oh, man. And... Yeah, but, I mean, again, to me, that's just fascinating information to gather about human beings. Uh, it was a relatively short uh, conversation, but um, uh, it's still... I mean, to me, that's not like 20 minutes that I view as a complete disaster in my life. It's just like I learned from there that it's important to uh, get some sense of uh, compatibility beforehand.
1: And uh, um, what what did you... Um what did you put in your your profile? Like, were you completely forward with uh, um, uh, you know, like, like your atheism and that sort of thing? Or?
0: Um, yes, I did talk about atheism. But that, I, you know what, I think I put agnosticism. And the reason that I did that was that there are some militant atheists out there Right, and I, I, I think I started with atheism, and I got in contact with people who were, who'd been abused by people in the church and so on. And I just like, okay, well, let's tone that back a bit, um, so that I'll go, I, I, you tweak it a bit, right? And um, uh, you know, that's that's fine. It was I like, upfront about my height and weight and hair color, pink? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was, of course, because right? if somebody's going to say, well, I don't want to date a guy who's bald, then it's like, okay, well, then go find a hairy guy, right? I mean, that's like me saying, look, I'm not going to date you unless you have big tits. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> then that's where I'm going to put my happiness in my heart is in cleavage as opposed to in a part of, of someone's hair. I mean, just don't want somebody like that, right? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Right, right. And, and I mean, that's that's a child, that's an infant who's trying to to approach the question of love and compatibility and family as saying there's a physical set of characteristics that somebody needs to match. I mean, that's just retarded fundamentally, right?
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think I agree with that for sure.
0: And plus, you know, I mean, again, it's like saying I speak Spanish when I don't. I mean, what's the point? If I don't say that I'm bald and then they meet me, it's like, what am I going to do? But a fern up there? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to do, right? So, <laughs> Right, right, right. Get a tattoo of stubble and say, well, I've just shaved it, and then, you know, hope they never want me to re I mean, just it's just a reality, right? And if somebody's going to be like, well, I don't want to date a bald guy, it's like, okay, I don't want to date a shallow person, so it looks like we're perfectly compatible in our incompatibility. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: Now, the question of... Um, in a, in another recent podcast, the question of uh, presentation came up. Right, right. I found that interesting because, uh, because I was wondering how far does that go, right? I, I've had, I've I've had um, someone actually suggest that I should purchase furniture. That struck me as, um, you know, that that's a long way to go for for.
0: Uh... Yeah, I don't, I, 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 don't think that's necessary. I mean, I was a bachelor with a futon and, <laughs> and an old wooden table and mismatched chairs. Uh, that uh, if you if you if the if the attraction is there and it's real based on values, you know, a um, an ottoman isn't going to swing swing the vote, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good point.
0: I mean, Christina was going to say, wow, we have this amazing intellectual uh, and emotional connection, but, you know, the fact that you don't have a coffee table is a total deal breaker to me. <laughs> I mean, that's just not going to – th- that's not how it goes. I mean, that's just not how any kind of real love or attraction goes. That having been said, I mean, if I'd shown up in, uh, you know, gym shorts and a wife beater for a formal dinner, then she would not be criticizing my appearance in her mind, but my judgment, right? And and you want to be, uh, particularly if you have non-mainstream beliefs, you want to be present yourself as someone who has good judgment. And that way you gain credibility um, over the long run, right?
1: Right. Right, right. That makes, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So... So th- there's also a kind of uh, ideal range for, for that as well,
0: then? Oh, yeah. I like, mean, somewhere between, uh, you know, it's important to shave, but you don't need plastic surgery, uh, I think, would be <laughs> the balance that I would try and strike. Well, some of you folks need to shave, but... Oh, it's true. I'm married now, so it's optional. <laughs> <laughs> Christina likes having some place to strike a match. Or buff her <laughs> heels. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. And, um... um the, the mechanics of the whole thing,
0: um... Uh, like, um... First dates, you meet, you meet uh, in neutral territory, you do not go and pick her up on a first date. Okay. Well, b- because, right? I mean... If it doesn't work out, you've got to drop her off. Right. That's no good. You don't want that, you don't want right. that right, right? right. Uh, so, no, you, you meet for a place. You don't meet for dinner because that's a, an implicit time commitment. You, um, you meet uh, for a coffee uh, or someplace and um, uh, you have uh, – I don't think it's – I mean, obviously, you don't do a drive-by and then go or not go depending on what she looks like. Um, I was actually <laughs> – I mean, that's just. I mean, that's just beyond rude, right? Um, I actually did get set up with a girl uh, who was about 350 pounds, and uh, you know, but she was fun to talk to. Uh, obviously, the the issue there was to some degree the weight, but more so because I'm pretty active and it wasn't going to fit. But uh, I, I saw the date out. I mean, you know, we had we had. Uh, uh, she was very funny. Uh, as as the as people who have physical handicaps in terms of attractiveness uh, have that uh, sometimes as a as a personality trait. But you you know, you see the data out, right. and and that, to me is just a basic kind of human decency thing. Uh, so yeah, but but always meet in a in a neutral public third uh, a neutral place where you can leave whether or not and and you don't have any kind of awkward thing that's uh, that's going on. If the girl says, "You know, are you gonna call me or whatever, um, you can just say, well, after all of these things, I sort of go back and mull it over and see how I feel, and so on. And um, but uh, I will. And generally, what I did was, if I wasn't going to call the girl, I would at least send an email to say, you know, I don't think that we have enough compatibility. Best of luck with your search. I mean, to me, that's just kind of polite. Uh, but I would also do that with people I didn't hire when I would be interviewing. I would send them a note saying, you know, thanks for coming in, and because blah blah, I just think it's kind of rude to not. I mean, if you've if you've had enough compatibility to meet, I I would say it's just a nice thing to do to send an email saying thanks, uh, but but no thanks, and that's I think that gives someone a little bit of closure and so on.
1: Right, don't just blow them off. Right.
0: Well, you know, just a I'll never call kind of thing. If you should have at least have eliminated the incompatibility that would be scary, but before you go to meet the girl, and if you meet the girl, and for some reason it just there's no particular something something's missing or something's there that you don't want. I think it's reasonable to I mean what does it take 30 seconds to write a thank you email and so on um and uh, you know the best of luck stuff and I mean I always try to be polite around that kind of stuff and that's just I think good good manners but yeah you know, it could be a british thing I don't know
1: right 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 no that makes good sense and um
0: and, and if you do, sorry if you do like the girl then um you know the the, the important thing I would say is on the exit to give the positive feedback and say, you know, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, and uh, I hope that we can do this again. And, and don't don't ask her out at the moment that you're parting. Just, you know, express a desire to do it again. But say, you know, mull it over and we'll, we'll get in touch and you can let me know what you think. Uh, because you don't know exactly what her impression has been. You want to not put her in an awkward position. Of having to say yes or no on the spot to your face, which is not always easy, but right. um, yeah, just you know, express that it was it was positive and enjoyable for you. You'd really like to do it again, and uh, you know, we can get in touch over the next couple of days and see how we feel.
1: Right. 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 Yeah, and and um, I'm asking these because not because I'm looking for like a rule book. To a script.
0: Or a hmm. script,
1: but just because I need a. <laughs> Like, because this stuff will evolve over time, I imagine, as you, uh, you know, find things that work and don't work and whatnot. But I, I just need a s- starting point, right?
0: Oh, sure. And, and you're going to go out and you're going to make mistakes like every human being on the planet does in terms of dating. Uh, and that's perfectly fine, right? I mean, it's perfectly fine to go out there. Can can be completely tongue-tied. And, you know, accidentally snot some irregular out of your nose. Right? All of these things are perfectly understandable and uh, perfectly natural uh, in the dating world. And I think that... Um uh, that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's inevitable, right? I mean, if we aim for perfection in dating, we we live in a paranoid hell that never works, right? So uh, go out and be be perfectly comfortable as best as you can. Making mistakes, meeting the wrong person, um, being trapped in a corner by somebody spilling out their life story about the intestinal disorders of their cat, uh, whatever it is. That uh, oh, and I also I would go with the three cat rule, but that's obviously a given. So. Uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, no uh, no houses of squalor.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now, uh, the last thing to mention is that if they ask you what you do for a living, they just say, you know, I'm taking a break from an IT career to pursue something that I love, but, you know, I'm aiming to get back, back into it, and I certainly have the skills and history to, to make it work, but I've been taking a little bit of time off because I've just been so fascinated by this philosophy stuff that I've taken a short break from my career. I mean, I think all of that's reasonable. I said the same thing to Christina, because I was not working and hadn't been for some time when we met because I was working on books, right? So, right. I just said, well, pursuing this dream for a while, I don't think it's going to turn out into something permanent, but it is certainly is, um... Uh, I want. And she was actually quite interested in that and quite fascinated in that. That was a good thing.
1: Right. Now, there's, um... um uh, there's the the, um... Question of also, um, like, um, how, how, um, um, well, physical intimacy, how,
0: how, um, how oh, yeah, like, how does that work? Well, yeah, it it, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> fundamentally it doesn't. At least I've never found a way to make it work. There, there is no seamless you know, what Erica Young used to call the zipless screw, um, which wasn't quite the way she used. But this idea, you know, you see in movies, the music swells, someone's up against a wall and everybody's banging like there's a, you know, a gong and everyone's late for dinner, right? But um <laughs> Uh, it, it never works like that. I mean, the, there is the, the reach around, so to speak, right? I mean, the, the, you go to a movie, at some point, you just got to make your arm go around her shoulder or something like that or take her hand in yours or whatever. And it's a horrible moment and it's either going to work or it's not. But that's just a Rubicon you have to cross uh, as a guy because, I mean, it's the way the world works, particularly uh, girls who are over 30 or women who are over 30. So, what I would say, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, you can just go for the hand-holding or or whatever, right? Um, you can give a, a kiss goodnight. You can give a light kiss on the lips and see how she reacts. Pepper spray, uh, maybe not so positive. Um, dog attacks, definitely negative. But, um, you know, groping in tongue, uh, good. But uh, I would certainly say that um, uh, before you got physically intimate with a, with a woman sexually, uh, I would say, look, I mean, this is, this is to some degree the road less traveled for me. Uh, and I would just sort of be upfront up about it. I think you kind of have to. I mean, I certainly wouldn't try and fake anything that, that you're not comfortable with.
1: Right, right. No, absolutely. And and um, they
0: what a wide variety of Eastern German porn, uh, which we can flip through and see what uh, what what gets our mojo working.
1: Right, and uh, and I mean, I I wasn't even going all the way to like what you you were suggesting, but uh, just even in terms of like um,
0: first meeting and that sort of thing, like is. Uh, Oh yeah, no. I think I think for me at least, uh, you know, first meeting is like a kiss on the cheek, light kiss on the cheek. Um, you know, um, I, I, that's that's all I could ever summon, and I think that's all that's appropriate. Just uh, you know, it's not, it's not. You're not meeting your aunt, right? So right. you know, you're not meeting a friend, and you know, no matter how European they are. Um, so yeah, light, light kiss on the cheek, and so on. And then I would say second or third date, you know, kiss on the lips, uh, light kiss on the lips, good night, uh, and more of a hug. Uh, and you know then just uh, see where it goes from there but yeah I would I I definitely you know I I don't think you know you don't want to be the cold handshake guy but you also don't want to be the 12 hands guy right
1: right so so handshakes are out then
0: Oh, yeah, no handshakes. I mean, because the woman is then going to feel like, well, I, I guess he was meeting his aunt, right? <laughs> That's not what you want her to feel. I mean, what you want the woman to feel, in my opinion, is you want the woman to feel that you're attracted to her, but you're a gentleman. That is the most attractive thing, I think, that women can, can experience, that that you are attracted to her, but you are a complete gentleman. I think that is uh, very sexy.
1: Right. That makes sense. Um. Assuming, of course,
0: you're attracted to her. <laughs> yes, that would be the assumption. And now, even but even if you're not attracted to her, a, a kiss on the cheek and a, a light hug, I think is is perfectly fine. I mean, I, even if you're not attracted to her, I just I think that the cold handshake, you know, there's just no need to be kind of cruel if that makes sense. Because I mean, that that's just like that's going to make a woman lay awake for three nights, right?
1: Right, I had actually thought of it that way, but I.
0: Well, it would be like if she went to the washroom and never came back. You'd be kind of paranoid, right? <laughs> and a woman—I mean, a, a woman—is going to want to feel that. I mean, if you give her the the cold handshake or the, <laughs> you know, the oh, the wave, uh, that's just going to be. She's going to feel that. She's going to feel that she's repulsive in some way, and you just you just don't want anyone to feel that way. Uh, that's just not I mean I'm not saying that you would ever want to but that would be the inevitable fallout that she's gonna you know you know what was my armpit doing you know do I have four strands of asparagus coming out of one nostril and three teeth and right so you don't want the woman even if you're not attracted to her you do not want to make her feel gross
1: right no that's that's fair but what if what if you're just upfront about it
0: and make, upfront about what
1: and just make sure that it's not That, that she knows it's not because you think she's gross.
0: How would you do that?
1: i just say uh, I, I'm more comfortable with handshakes.
0: Yeah, she's not going to believe that. Because you're not. You would rather have a kiss on the cheek and a light hug, right? If the woman was attractive. To you. So you're saying exactly the same thing as you're not attractive. I mean, I know that you may <laughs> prefer a handshake, but that's just not where this is going to go, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Right. So if if you say I prefer handshakes on dates, you're basically just saying I think you're not attractive, and I just what what is a what is a light kiss and a a light hug going to cost you? Absolutely nothing. Um, and why would you want to make somebody feel bad about themselves? Um, if you, you know, if the cost of not, that not happening was that small.
1: Right. No, that's, that's fair.
0: I mean, I think there's just a certain amount of care that we need to take human being to human being, right? I mean, unless she's, you know, actively leprous or currently spontaneously combusting, the, 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 the price of that is just so low. Why would you want to withhold that and have the woman feel um, bad about herself? Even if even if she's not attractive to you at all in any way, shape, or form, she could very easily be attractive to someone else, and there's just, I don't think there's any need to leave her with that negative impression about herself.
1: Right. I wasn't even, uh, I didn't even mean it in terms of
0: uh, um,
1: attractiveness or anything like that, just the... Uh...
0: Well, but attractiveness is, is above the level of a handshake, right? Because, I mean... You give me a handshake, right? <laughs> I mean, so you have to have something that differentiates that from uh, from uh, other interactions, right? That's the difference between the romantic thing and you know, like you'll. I again, I, I prefer, I'm sort of old-fashioned this way. Oh, you know open the car door for her um, or I guess the first time you meet open the door for her and so on right I mean you wouldn't do that with a guy but it's a small gesture of chivalry that you would do with the girl I think that if you're getting together for coffee I think that you should offer to pay if you're the guy she may say no but she t- but you wouldn't necessarily do that with a male friend these are just the little gestures of chivalry that make a woman feel that little bit more special they're I mean virtually cost free so it would just seem to me a positive thing to do regardless of where the date goes
1: Right. Right. Well, that's that's an interesting question, though, because uh, at, at at what point does that um, become, you know, me plus money, right?
0: Well, I don't think it happens uh, with a coffee. I don't think you plus money is a buck fifty. Um, <laughs> <Right. laughs> well, but but what you're doing is you're you're finding things out about about the woman, right? So. If you offer to pay for the coffee and she accepts but doesn't offer to pay, that's just a piece of information that you have. If you like her enough and you go out again and maybe you go for dessert, uh, then you offer to pay and she doesn't offer anything in return or doesn't say, well, you got the last one, let me get this one. And if you like her enough and you go for dinner, at some point you're going to go, okay, so she doesn't like paying. Right. And that's an important fact to know about her, because you want uh, a a person who at least is going to make the offer in return. Right, right. That just tells you something about entitlement and reciprocity, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: So, you know, if you feel that the relationship has potential, but this is the issue, then you talk about, you know, what's your experience been like with with dates and, and all that? I mean, do you... How does it work for you, right? And you can have that RTR conversation with her about finances. And, you know, if it's the fourth or fifth date and you really like the girl except for this money thing, then you can talk about that. If you're like, okay, well, she's just kind of annoying. <laughs> she's just a taker. And that shows up in much more than who pays. That shows up in who talks and who listens as well.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point.
0: Right. So, I mean, you'll, you'll get – I mean, if she if she talks – and listens equally but doesn't pay then it means it's not systemic to the personality and maybe it's something that you can talk about and she's had some prior experience where people have ripped her off and she's overcompensated we all have those kinds of hiccups right but if she hogs the conversation uh, doesn't pay uh, wanders off without saying goodnight i mean that's just all you need to know right well yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> but you'd notice that you'd notice that um, in the im conversation or the email conversations and you'd never get that that far anyway
1: Well, it would just come out in other ways, right?
0: Right. Now, I'm going to, because we're at uh, two hours, no, sorry, we're at an hour 20, I'm going to stop just because if this goes on as a video too much longer, and it's going to be like one frame a day. So we can pick this up another time, uh, maybe for part two if you want, which would probably be be better after you've gone uh, on a date or at least had an email exchange with someone. Yeah, that would be good. I, th- I think so, and I certainly do appreciate you putting yourself under this. I, th- I think this is a, a common problem, because I grew up without a father. I had to be taught some of this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it is useful, I think, mm. to, to pass along. And it is something that is generally under-talked about, I think, in, in the world. So, I'm glad that we're having this, this chat.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely been helpful, for sure.
0: Great, great. Okay, well, um, you know, c- keep me posted about what happens, and I'm sure there will be thousands of people watching your adventures with with uh, fascination. <laughs> Bring reporters to your (laughs) updates. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man.
1: You bet.